You know, when we heard this week another young Australian had died of meningococcal, we thought, what's going on here? Because the 18-year-old had been at spilt milk in Canberra last month, and now others who were there are being urged to look out for symptoms. Maybe you were at the festival. A guy in his 20s died of meningococcal a few weeks ago. Another man who was at Splendour died earlier this year. It's serious stuff, but what is meningococcal? Because it is something you need to know about because young people are the most at risk of contracting it. It's time to get the rundown from a health expert. Dr. Naomi Kobelik is a biologist, science communicator, and she's got all the information. Dr. Naomi, firstly, what is meningococcal? Yeah, it's a really good question. Meningococcal is a rare but very serious disease that's caused by the bacteria Neisseria meningitis. I'm just going to call it the bacteria from now on. Though. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the fair thing to do. The main thing is the speed and severity of infection makes it such a tricky disease. And we've seen more infections in the last couple of weeks than the same period over the past five years. To give you a sense of the scale of that, there's actually been 29 cases already reported this year, which is very high. Um, So the bacteria itself can cause blood infections or it can actually invade the cells deep up in your nose and cause severe inflammation in the tissue surrounding your brain, which can give you serious illness or, as you've been talking about, can be fatal as well. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible stuff. Do we know how it's spread? Yeah. Um, Look, it's quite hard to spread. It's not something like COVID, which you can spread really easily because the bacteria doesn't survive well outside of the human body for very long. So you need to get it right from the source at the back of your nose and your throat. The most likely way you get it is if you live with someone. So you have that constant, repeated, close contact. Or if you have something that they call uh, intimate exposure, like deep kissing. So basically if you're like licking the inside of each other's mouths, (laughs) that'll kind of do it. Yeah. I I remember at school, like they would say like, oh, don't share water bottles Mm. and stuff like that. Like that was a big thing. Um, I said a bit earlier, young people at risk. Mm. Do we know what age groups are like the, you know, the ones that are particularly at risk? Yeah. So it's largely the folks who are between 15 and 25. So that encompasses all young people, Mm. but the people who are most at risk when it comes to, you know, having severe symptoms are infants, small children and people with compromised immune systems. I want to circle back though. You were saying, um, you know, not to share water bottles and stuff like yeah. that. that that's, that's basic hygiene. Yeah. I will say with meningococcal, it is super unlikely that you're going to get it from something like that. Okay. But you can still be more careful um, and, you know, not share ciggies. But that's not the most likely way you're going to get it. You really have to like in okay. each other's mouths. Right. Okay. Interesting to know. Um, should people be worried about this? Because it's scary to hear, look, people have died. Um, you know, it's someone was at a music festival or a couple of them were at music festivals. And if you're you're getting ready to go to one. We're mm. getting up to festival season. You know, it's not it's not the most comfortable feeling, I imagine. Should people be concerned and thinking about this a lot? Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember is that it is a rare disease. So the likelihood of you experiencing it realistically is very low. But because of the speed and severity of that infection, 
if you do have it, you have to act quickly. So I would be cautious. You know, in this instance, knowledge is power. If you or any of your friends experience symptoms, just make sure you take it seriously. And most importantly, you act quickly. I've got some messages coming through. Someone says, I thought meningococcal was more or less gone these days. This is wild. Yeah. And it's why, you know, health experts want the information out there. Another person says, what's considered a young person for meningococcal? I'm 33. My mum mm. let me convince her that my fear of needles as a kid was stronger than my need for the meningococcal vaccine Mm. and I completely forgot about it until now. Well, it's worth pointing out that one of the people who died, unfortunately, was in his 40s. So Mm, it's not restricted to those age groups. So you need to be across it at all ages, really. Mm -hmm. So you can get vaccinated. We heard people talking about vaccinations. Is that complete protection? Unfortunately, no. Um, So the vaccines we have are not 100% effective, But I need to be really clear, these vaccines stimulate an immune response. So if you're exposed to it, you're more likely to be better off. So you should still be getting vaccinated. Most of us should have already been vaccinated, but it gets gets really confusing. So the bacteria is grouped on differences on their capsules. So we categorize them A, B, C, et cetera, et cetera. And no single vaccine actually protects you for all of these different groups. But we do have effective and safe vaccines for A, B, C, W and Y, which doesn't sound like much, but those are your big hitters. So we do have good vaccines for that. But there's different vaccines for different groups given at different times and it gets really messy really quickly. So the best thing you can do is talk to your GP, look at your immunisation status and work out the best plan for yourself. And what kind of things should people be looking out for if they have been at one of these exposure sites and they're a little bit worried? Are there signs that are pretty you know, clear that it could be this? Yeah, the one we hear about most often is is a rash with a dark purple spot. And when you press a glass against it, it doesn't actually disappear. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you don't have to actually have that rash to have meningococcal. And there are lots of other symptoms as well. Um, So maybe you might notice leg pain or cold hands or, you know, an abnormal skin colour before you even see typical symptoms like a sudden onset of fever, headache, neck stiffness, joint pain, a dislike of bright lights, nausea and vomiting. And it's super important. We mentioned before that the people who are most vulnerable are children. Those symptoms present very differently in them. So if you're worried about kids around you having meningococcal, you want to look for things like irritability, difficulty walking, high-pitched crying and refusal to eat. Okay, very mm. interesting stuff. Some people on the text line say we need the meningococcal B added to the immunisation yes. schedule. That's um, what a few people are saying. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your insight into this. Dr Naomi Kovelich, thank you very much for filling us in and joining us on Hack. Hack on Triple Jack.